one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2.0 oh! Roadblock Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hanfler and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also... Premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As said, they're joined by Hamlet Sidgwick to review NXT Dubai Roadblock. What do you make of the show, Hamlet? It sure is a loud one when you've only had a couple of hours sleep. (laughs) You've got a a lot of drinks still in your system. It's on a busy old show, a lot of bright colours. A lot happened, more than we previewed. And it wasn't even like wacky stuff we missed. They didn't mention the, there was the, no the Dusty Cup semis, did they? Preview copy on the Dusty Cup, and that became such an integral part of the show. Um, that one of the big promoted things changed as we projected that it might, but it changed into something else that had further right far reaching ramifications and pretty big news as well, I would say. Something newsworthy in the yeah. main event. I I enjoyed this episode of NXT two It was rubbish. Those two things, unlike most people in WWE, can coexist. <laughs> Baffling. There's so many incredibly baffling things that any booker, past, present, aspirational, armchair, whatever, any other booker would say, what are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) I was just baffled by so much of this. Some of the action was okay, to good. Yeah. To almost very good by the finish of certain matches, but I was just fully baffed. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that from Dynamo? Remember, yes. Remember yeah, Dynamo? Yeah, Dynamo. It's glass. I used to love Dynamo. Yeah. Me. Um, did a trick on some guy. And he went, oh, fully baffed. <laughs> like, you, you literally only drop him one syllable. <laughs> well, I just say baffled. There was a bit in that main event where I've talked about this a few times where in the process of a three count, my mind does the entire future booking because mm-hmm. I go, oh, I didn't see. Where I think Ziggler maybe tried to steal a, a pinfall after. Oh, we'll get to it anyway. And I went, Oh my god, they're putting the title on Ziggler. And then I think Breaker kicked out and I went, How bloody ridiculous. How how I have to mention this to the Dudleys that I actually bit on a Ziggler victory here. And then two minutes later he was holding the NXT championship aloft and I was like, What just happened? <laughs> but we'll get to that in due course because like you say, lots to discuss from this show. Uh, which opened, as you mentioned, I really thought have I not done my job here? Open, <laughs> and they were like, as we all know, the Dusty Cup semi-finals tonight. And I was like, you never mentioned this. I've been on your website. I've been on your Twitter page. They probably announced this hours before, as they often do. Uh, and we got the first semi-final to kick off the show. It was Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez uh, versus Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai uh, with the, uh, the Toxic Attraction Lounge watching on. More on that in a bit. Um, early on, we get some of Wendy Chu's patented offense, uh, a peekaboo spot. Uh, I think she did a drop down and fell asleep. Yeah. 
and uh, they even had everyone buying into it. Commentary started whispering. I think it was uh, maybe Cora Jade sneaking over to the corner to tag in Raquel Gonzalez, who comes in and picks Chew up for an airplane spin, goes for a sort of sidewalk slam, but just drops her, uh, which probably, you know, not ideal. I don't know, maybe onesies are made of the wrong sort of material. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, anyway, in comes Dakota Kai. Uh, her and Wendy Chew have become quite an effective double team. Uh, they work over Cora Jade. Um, there's the bit where they just, uh, Dakota, Dakota Kai and Cora Jade just sort of rolling around and constant one, two, pinfalls, small packages, what have you. Uh, they spill to the outside, and there's a moment there with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Uh, but before they could do anything, uh, Gonzalez is attacked by Gigi Dolin and JC Jane, who had been noticed, had left the uh, Toxic Attraction Lounge. They twat him. Uh, twat her with a uh, bat and then slam her knee into the ring post just to really make sure. And we go to break. During the break, Raquel Gonzalez sort of shoes off any medical attention, insists she can continues. Jade's trying to make a comeback and does so uh, as we return from the break. Uh, but she gets cut off because numbers game. Uh, Gonzalez finally makes it to her corner uh, and gets the tag in and managed to do sort of a clearing of house whilst on one leg. Uh, Dakota Kai counters her and then puts her in the corner for that running kick of hers. But then, Sige, she's crazy. Uh, so she has a little moment, becomes conflicted against a former friend or something. Uh, anyway, that has a Why is she so violent? Allows uh, Gonzalez to, to catch her. It looks like she's going to hit with a finisher, but the knee gives out and Kai sort of turns it into a DDT um, and uh, gets chewing. Um, Top rope, Vader splash thing from Wendy Chu. Double stomp from Dakota Kai. One, two, three. The unorthodox team of Chu and Kai advance the final hamlet. Yeah, my sympathy was with the wrestlers here, but not in any way related to the kayfabe struggles that they were enduring. Dakota Kai and um, Raquel Gonzalez, both physical and mental and all that sort of stuff. It was with all of them for having to yet again try and do normal wrestling stuff in very abnormal circumstances. They were the bones of a good yes. match here. Um, if Dakota Kai could do this bit of her job, which it's not really a job, I feel bad saying that. If Dakota Kai could follow the ludicrous instructions she's being given about being this crazy character, um, then it wouldn't feel so fake. You know, if um, if the relationship had been... It meant more, ultimately, I think, between Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. All of that wouldn't have felt so fake and forced. Because when you see them, you know, working or actually selling Raquel, some of Raquel Gonzalez selling when she did get a tag was pretty good. When did choose character work continues to be pretty good. The fact that they're putting thought into it. I really quite like the whispering commentary bit. I know some of that. I know NXT doesn't deserve your wide berth in terms of its cute stuff at this point. But, it, like, it worked for me. Yeah. Like, there were elements of this match that was... That were just so nakedly wrestlers trying to wrestle around the like unnecessary details and lashings of like overthought nonsense that were slapped on top of it. I don't think it made for an over like overall good experience. Cora Jade still comes across as like a touch too inexperienced for the stuff they're giving her. Um, Very generous. I, maybe maybe I was just like feeling <laughs> generous about this show or generous about this match at least. Yeah, I ju- I, I did feel sympathy for the wrestlers, all of them. We're given too much, like, stupid to do, and it constantly overwhelmed them just trying to do the norm, like, trying to do the fundamentals well, because they probably all can, but you don't get a chance to see it half the time. This wasn't a disaster, but it was nowhere near as good as it could have been had they just been a bit more... Yeah, left straight a, up wrestling. Left alone a bit, yeah, yeah, like... Farcical. This match is a total farce. <laughs> yeah. Wendy Chu and Raquel Gonzalez were on completely different planets, time zones, wavelengths, whatever... The roll around the ring sequence is something that, like, technically proficient wrestlers do. They, they on that. Why were they doing that? You know what I mean? Like, why would, yeah, they're not, like, not at the level or it doesn't fit them or suit them. Like, why are those spots insisted upon in matches like this? There's a lot of that. Okay, it's like, it's a comedy spot and these are comedy characters, but you have to be technically gifted enough to actually pull off the comedy spot. They were just getting in the ropes. It was just ugly. And just when you do a spot that is farcical by design, and you botch it, it just looks embarrassing. Um, I was embarrassed vicariously throughout virtually all of this. Like, the sheer mismatch of tones. You've got a heavy heat angle. You've got a weird, nearly there reconciliation between two former partners. And then you've got a stupid and terribly worked comedy match, which is worse 
exponentially worse than a well-worked comedy match. This was dire. Every single which way, I felt nothing except stinging vicarious embarrassment. Then we got a, a nice, I, th- I really enjoyed the fired up promo from Tommaso Champa. I know it's become a bit of a staple. Shout at the camera, slam chair into shut the door. chair. Um, <laughs> can't just be, yeah, I'm quite pleased with myself. I'll leave quietly. It's a rage room, you might say. It's like a Marco Bielsa's bucket, isn't it? So imagine like if like Lisa just conceded a goal, he just like gets off it and just sends it flying. That's Tommaso Champa. Yeah. Old uh, man Champa remembers when Leeds used to be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a team in the 1970s. <laughs> Roman Bachelor Hunter. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a long time. You want to watch some real football, you got to see some clips by Mr. Billy Bremner. <laughs> I got to play football. Don't forget Tony Yaboa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he said tonight he's going to become a three-time NXT champion. Uh, he's proud of his wrestling. This time it feels different, though. Maybe it's Dolph disrespecting his legacy or he's, I don't know, something to do with Bron Breaker's success. Uh, it feels more important than the title, the victory tonight. Uh, a win means he'd head to stand and deliver as the NXT champion. He says, look, Bron and Dolph, they can argue over number two, but never there has been such a gap between number one and number two, and he slams the chair into the wall. And then, Michael Sidgwick, the curse of the parking lot rears its ugly head. We go out there, and the Creed brothers have been attacked with steel pipes, and Malcolm Bivens doesn't know what on earth's going on. It's the most dangerous place in NXT. It is. I absolutely loathed and was left... Utterly bemused by this show long angle. It's a whodunit. I mean, I'm into it. I, any whodunits, I'm kind of weirdly into. I'll, I'll, I'll confess. For me, yeah, it was a whodunit. But who did they done it to? Like, are the baby faces? Are the heels? Do they deserve my well, sympathy? Yeah. <laughs> the characterization of this act has been completely uneven throughout, well, since their in, in, its inception, basically. So it wasn't like the heroic good guys who've. Made their way to the Dusty Cup final, was it? Haven't I? Yeah. I've got mm-hmm. no idea. So, I just couldn't be arsed with it, basically. I did like them jumping ahead. Legado were instantly pinched for it. Yeah. And I was like, that's quite cute. But I didn't care who done it. And jumping ahead, baby faces, taking absolute the piss advantage. Oh, we'll just do, oh, we'll do the match. We'll do the match. You know, it, it should have been ours. Should have been ours anyway, you know. It's it's we've got a buy because we were the last team to be in the the cup tournament. Terrible babyface work. Are they turning heel? Please no. Are they what, what was it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Are they turning heels on heels of babyfaces? It's just a mess, an absolute mess. Uh, there are idiots out there who should know better. Going, yeah, yeah. AEW should do more storytelling like this. <laughs> no. That's a quite like we've it's an emulation of a card. We've, we've brought up this uh, example of Alexandra Burke and the elephant in the room quite a bit this week. But I always love how every NXT uh, car park who done it feels like it's the first NXT car. Like they always present it like, what on earth has happened? It's like well, the same thing happened six months ago and six months before that and six months before that. Every single one like presents itself as inventing the idea of the car park who done it. But I'm kind of with you. It's the easiest and laziest of hooks. But I'm always. Interested yeah, in the film. I don't know. It, it does work on me, this one. I don't know why either, because I'm not that I'm not that drawn in because the diamond mine. We said this before. Are the best worst act on NXT or the worst best? I can't decide, but it's one or the other. You can't just earnestly say, diamond mine are great. You say Malcolm Bivens is great. Uh, you can, but he's got the exact same heel babyface problems as everybody yes, else in yeah, that group. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe, do you know, I worked out what? I think I worked out as you were talking there why I liked it so much. Because it opens up another game for the preview next week. So I'll spin through. Say, Should we come up with a name for it now? Ooh. Well, we'll have a think. We'll come back to it later, maybe. Yeah. You'll probably put me on the spot there. But I, we're going to have a game. Yeah, yeah usually quick-witted, though. So. Yeah, I know. It's, it's early today. Um, are we going to go through the uh, roster page, and you have to argue for whoever I select for you why they were the ones who yeah. who done it? Yeah. No, no, no. It seemed to go, and you don't know what you got till it's gone. NXT paid paradise, you were tacked in the parking lot. Oh, yes. Whole thing. That's very good. I like that. Yeah, that's the name of the game in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, we come back from the break. Creed Brothers are in the medical area. So is Raquel Gonzalez. It's a mess. <laughs> Busy, basically. Uh, and then we get Devin uh, Strong uh, versus <laughs> Fallon Henley. And this is one of those ones that presents itself as a fairly straightforward squash, but because of stuff going on outside, the wrong person wins. Oh, Asians are mystical, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. It's it, ridiculous. 
Fallon Henley didn't even get an entrance. Oh, got some uh, smoke to come out of the magic gem. <laughs> so is Fallon Henley's the Brooks and Johnson's mate from a while back? Isn't yeah, they seem to be sort of. It's going from friend to. Well, did it turn out that like she was the object of the affection all along? She sees them for who they truly are. She's more than just a friend. It's like that's weird. It's, they'd stop doing that and like. The year 2002 in films, like, everybody goes back and watches American Pipe, like, that dynamic's really off, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's NXT 2.0, it's like, love it. <laughs> you Dobby? <laughs> um, from Peep Show, not from Harry Potter, by the way. Um, I did like the bit where Stratton, I think, grabbed, like, a headlock and then used that opportunity to check her nails. Mm. It's a nice bit of character work there. But, yeah, it was going to be a fairly straightforward, like, two, three-minute squash for her. Um, but uh, Henley fights back but gets sl- Samoan dropped by Tiffany Stratton. And then, yeah, there's just some smoke going off at the entrance. That distracts uh, everyone, basically. And Stratton's just sort of leaning against the bottom rope when in slides Saray to drop kick or knee Stratton in the back of the head. Uh, and Henley hits her with a shining wizard for victory. And then, yes, Broggs and Johnson come down to, to celebrate with their just friends the victory. They've botched the spot. Sorry, Saray, but you botched it. Yeah. And... Yeah, they showed it once. In NXT 2.0, if you happen to be Asian, you are one of two things, right? You're either mystical, sleepy, or you have difficulties comprehending the English language and the escapades that ensue. It is uh, bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It, we've just discussed the issue with obviously the, not being quite sure where the Creed Brothers are. character, Or a ninja. Or, or a ninja, of course, yeah. Um, no, the, like... In terms of heels and baby faces and stuff. I was reminded here when Saray used a distraction and then a kick to the back of uh, Tiffany Stratton's head, the heel, in order to like cause her defeat. Remember that first promo exchange between um, Brian Anderson and Hangman Page where they laboured over the point. Like, we laboured over the point of how successful they were at never outwardly making Brian Anderson the heel. The order of which somebody said something, it was like, well, you would say that because... Uh, like you know, you've you've just won the belt. I wrestled at WrestleMania. Like the the order of events played out in such a way that nobody was the clear villain. Like there was plausible deniability on Brian's part as yeah. to why he wouldn't want the match without being an outright coward. In NXT, a babyface just like uses a distraction, boots somebody in the back of the head, <laughs> like for slagging off the necklace. It's like oh, this, they had a fight. It's like this great a good idea that was like, well, she kind of had that coming for having to go at my uh, magic jewelry last week. So, like, do it a fair way. <laughs> like you're a good guy. I'd be nice. Stratton has got potential. Yeah. Athletic, not unconvincing with the chain wrestling. I think she's, even in this system, I think she's got potential to be a star. Probably because she's an Olympic athlete and yes. not, not a daddy's girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the bit they lean on. It almost like fools you. Hey, she can go. Well, aye, because like, she's got this background that we've hidden. And like Very, very athletic and well, well born. I'm going to be the more uh, professional guy in this podcast. Oh. Marketable is the, uh, the word yes. I would use. Yes, indeed. They would never have made Kurt Angle doink, would they? Oh, no. You know, it's a sexist organisation. <laughs> uh, then we go to Andre Chase University, one of my favourite segments every single week. This was no exception. Uh, he's yelling at his students for screwing up last week. Uh, that he's described uh, what happened with that banner that he was going to run through like the American football college teams do as a cluster f- <laughs> He said, Kevin, you were just standing there. Jared, you look like a dumbass. Uh, and he said the piss-poor entrance uh, knocked him off his game and cost him the W. So the only person who did his job was Bodie Hayward, uh, who took one for the team. He's got this big old shiner, basically. And this student, I assume it was a more mature student, he's old, I mean, Love this. to be a student, says, uh, his eye looks a bit iffy. Shouldn't, shouldn't he maybe go and get it checked out? And Andre Chase says, oh, I'm sorry, Jamie. When did you graduate and become a f***ing doctor? Legit <laughs> <laughs> popped at that. Uh, and he says, uh, Bodhi, how many things am I holding up? And he squints and he says, one. And then he turns and he goes, how about now, Jimmy? Looking at the birds. And then he says, verbatim this, you don't come in my classroom and question me, motherfucker. You disrespectful piece of shit. I'll beat the ever-loving shit out of you. And he throws a basketball over and says, any further questions? Perfect. I really like that eye makeup as well. Yeah. It was a good reveal. It was so... It was laid on so thickly. Yeah. It was, like, genuinely <laughs> you know good. What, you know what it reminded me of? When uh, Triple H got bit by the snake. 
Remember that? Yeah. When, when him and, and Austin chucked him in, the in the room with a rattlesnake. He's like, oh, uh, if you want this title so much, I'll give you. Oh, surprise, it's completely obvious fake, fake face makeup. That's with Bodie Edwards. I have to one bunch from Bob Wagner. But it was like deliberately like stupid. Yes. Every match that he has when he loses, and you're just like, oh, I've sold my stock. And then they do one of these and you buy it back again. Yeah. These are too funny. Like these are way too good for the in-ring payoff that they give you every single time. Because it's not. I mean, I mean, it is probably an element of just he gets to swear. Yeah. But he does it so well. Like yeah. he doesn't overegg the pudding. That doctor line I was pissing myself laughing at that. And I'm so just good. Flipping the bird. <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up? Huh? See that? Love it. The fact that he's got a soft spot as well for Bodie Hayward now. He's like he's got his famous class. Yeah. Favorite pupil. But like he. There's a dick to him as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for getting chinned in my match, but I still lost. More Andre Chase. I love him. Uh, and then we go to the barber shop uh, where Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are chatting and they're happy about what they're doing and they sort of recap beating Roddy Strong, beating Kit. Getting jumped by podcasters on the new 2K game. As That's right, yeah. pointed out on Twitter. Uh, beating Boydun. Um <laughs> Carmelo Hayes talks about his golden rules. He's got the gold. He makes the rules. Nice line, that. Uh, and he talks about wanting to run it all back in a ladder match where it all begin began for this uh, North American Championship. And there's a back and forth with, uh, not just with Carmelo Hayes' mates, uh, but also Trick Williams about how many opponents he should have in that match. And they decide four more should be added. Trick Williams is worried. Uh, but basically, don't worry, because Melo don't miss. I still think it's very stupid that... You would willingly offer up your title. It's like, he's a heel, I think. If a babyface did this under the guise of being a fighting champion, I would still think they're an idiot. Yes. Hmm. A heel doing this is an arrogant, boastful move. But like, I just don't want to think anyone's stupid, not least of which the few people on this show that I actually like. It, here's my generosity, or maybe the fact I was still drunk when I was watching it. But I thought, so again, this happens a lot. Happened in the opener. These people are asked to try and sell magic beans, basically, either in the ring or in the promos. I bought them in this one. I thought this was quite an effective video package, way more so than last week's. I've won. I'll take on five people and add a match. Eh? Like, I don't know. <laughs> this worked for me as a way for, like, an in-character, not so much an explanation, but I just enjoyed the whole presentation of it so much. I love the characters. I like, I like the interaction. Again, I think it's important that Trick Williams is, like, typically the wackier of the two, but he's a little bit more switched on to the mm. risk associated here. And yet you get to see Carmelo here just like, you know, like basking in his own reflected glory and thinking this is a brilliant, this is a capital plan. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like this. This worked as a way for me, for them to sell something that I agree with Cedric. It's so fundamentally yeah. stupid. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm inclined to agree with Sidge. The argument can be made, and it's a dumb argument, that Carmelo Hayes, because he sees himself as the A champion, thinks, well, Standard Deliver is the, the big show, and we need to put on a big match for the A title, and I've kind of beaten everyone, so the only way to make it interesting is me... Don't beat everybody! <laughs> ...is win in a ladder match against, presumably, all of them. I like the fact that Trick Williams still feels like... You know, I'm not sure this is a good idea, but let's have some fun with it. Let's mm. make them qualify. Think of the destination. If he wins, that reduces everyone. When you need a field of viable challenges for drama and investment. If he loses, he's stupid. So, it, like the, in the old NXT, you would have this match and then there would be a silhouette of a mystery person and it would be somebody that Triple H has been watching some tapes of the Indies and that like it's... Control F in the Observer. Yeah, like the... Asterixes. That name comes uh, in. PWG section. <laughs> um, didn't get around to this show. Um, I watched a DVD in eight months, but everyone who was there said it was four and a half. Right. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like one had come in, and it'd be this like cool moment in front of a hot crowd. That's not an XT now, is it? We're going to get some like new character. That's oh. that would be the equivalent. There were like some new occupational gimmick person that comes in for stand and deliver. Maybe an actual highwayman. <laughs> that's that's the gimmick, and he takes the title, and he robs it. Building the evil architect. <laughs> I know a lot about ladders. Uh, time for Hamlet's favourite section. It's Lashing Out with Lash Legend. Uh, Nikita Lyons was a guest. 
this was a mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lash welcomes her in, talks about her journey. Was was her mom just a dad's groupie or everyone's? And, and Nikita Lyon says, well, my mom was a free spirit and she taught me uh, not to be judgmental. And, and Lash sort of tries to rile her up, talking some trash about her. Uh, and Nikita says, get your finger out of my face. And she says, oh, well, what are you and your butt implants going to do about it? And says, and Lyon says, well, aside from this, these nails and this fake tan, I'm all natural, baby. <laughs> and Lyon says, the only thing natural about you, Lash Legend, is you're full of shiz. I've sworn it off. <laughs> so I'll, I'll censor myself there. Um, and then they get into it, and then uh, Lash Legend says, that's all we've got time for. And I think, I think oh, thank God for that. Unfortunately, we've got like the TV network um, <laughs> imposes limits on this show, and we've only got 27 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like all talk shows. What a, yeah. what a, what a force. You've got to get in. got to get straight back out. Happy International Women's Day. I'm going to slut shame your mum. I can complete an hour long talk show in uh, just one mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> bad. Really, really bad. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Women only care about their bad airs. The, the performances are terrible. The talk show lasts 25, 27 seconds. The match probably can't deliver. Yep. Probably fair. can't deliver. Hamflin. <laughs> I know you're hung over today, but switch on. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> I think it speaks volumes that Andy asked us about this today, saying, oh, should I watch this segment? Because I was just recapping it for my notes and stuff. And I said, no, it's not good. And it's certainly not so bad it's good. It's just bad. Nowhere near so bad it's good. No. Um, right, Mackenzie's there with uh, Imperium. Fabian Knightner and Marcel Bartel look looking good. The best part of Imperium, as we yeah. often say now. Uh, they get asked about the attack on the Creed brothers, and they say, we never do that. We just, oh, we're just good about not being able to face them. Um, and then May, and then Knightner says, maybe they weren't ready to face us after all, because they're gits, basically. And then this is the point, Sidge, where MSK come in and say, oh, we'll take that spot. Uh, but don't worry, uh, when we win the titles, we'll give the Cree brothers a shot when they're ready. Dickheads. <laughs> Entitled, enterprising dickheads. If they are not turning heel, it's another illustration of why this company can't book. If they... I'm irritated beyond belief by MSK's character work. But I, look, this t- this sort of heel team can work. Look at the Young Bucks and what they do. You can make people yeah. resent you for being so great at your craft, which the Young Bucks did. MSK could feasibly turn heel, and maybe it's time because this act has completely gone up in smoke. Oh. Ah. Yeah, I'm staring already. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if it isn't a heel turn, can you remember Shorty G, or pre-Shorty G, Chad Gable, when, like, the King of the Ring tournament of 2019, yeah. someone got injured or something, and it was when Shane McMahon was stepping in. Mm. Chad Gable was interviewed backstage, and he just went, I should do it. Oh, on, the, on the last round, um, I should get a bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, why are you saying that? Should, I'll <laughs> take on any comers. You're yeah. a baby face. Um, it was uh, MSK lost in the final. They were going to try and go back-to-back, weren't they? And they lost the Creed Brothers. Yeah. I think it probably is them, and then this works. Like it be. is them, but they shouldn't be the one to say it. Yeah, yeah. it makes them seem entitled. Oh, we'll take the opportunity that we've just stolen. Yeah, yeah. be a little bit remorseful and bittersweet way to go. But you know what? We'll do it. Whatever. And if it's not them, like everybody has to remember this. Everybody has to remember the first thing MSK did when two people left laying in the car park. Cool, that's us then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another confession, boys. St- starting to get more into the Briggs and Jensen stuff again. Guilty pleasure this. They're celebrating with, with Henley, and they're, 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 she no, asks no, them no, this if they're, was, this was they were the ones who attacked the Creeds. Uh, and the God of Phantasm walk past, and they go, parking lot. And he goes, ah, what did you say? Uh, and they say, well, come on, we all know about your history in the parking lot. Maybe it was you guys. Uh, and then they, uh, I think it was Joaquin Wilde turns around and says, well, maybe it was you guys. You know, you, you've lost. I think they lost to them in the first round, didn't they? Um, and uh, one of them, the one who can't get with women, uh, is sceptical, let's say, of Electra Lopez, who says, don't just get angry just because you can't get laid. It was the line, I'm working on it! Right, that was funny. That was the bit I liked. This reminded me of Shotty Blackheart, because tanks don't give a sh- <laughs> Those things aren't connected. You're only accusing us because you can't get laid. What? <laughs> like the, those things aren't related, but we need to make that story be explicitly clear again so for the Elect- people at the back. Electra Lopez is the people who call other people virgins on Twitter 
who do not show their profile pictures. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with being a virgin, I would like to point out. Mm. But I've got two kids, so I've at least done it twice. So. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got proof? Well, I've got two kids. Minimum, I've talked about the faceless um, minimum, of, minimum of two times. Talked about WWF, WWE junkie. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate that, like that idea that is like, uh, well, how are we going to let them know that this guy can't have sex? Oh, we'll just like wedge it into the dialogue. <laughs> I'll have to try. <laughs> try. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, let's move on to the last man standing match between LA Knight. Yeah! 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 And uh, Grace and Bloody Waller. Uh, Waller jumps Knight. No, sorry, Knight jumps Waller as part of his uh, when he's making his entrance um, and batters him around ringside, grabs some stuff from under the ring, you know, bin lids and, and bins and what have you. Uh, and they fight around the floor and Waller gets sent into the ring steps. Then they get in the ring and the, for a while, this last man standing match has no weapons involved in it whatsoever. Uh, Knight sends uh, Grayson Waller throat first into the bottom rope. Um but then Waller recovers and, and kicks Knight into the corner and takes over and uh, snacks, snaps his neck across the top rope and does that rolling stunner of his. That gets a seven count. Um, Waller goes on t- up top. Uh, Knight catches him there, though, jumps up to the top rope, looks spectacular, hits him with a superplex uh, and hits him with his uh, BFT, I think it's called, uh, finisher. Uh, but Waller uh, manages just to get to his feet as a trash can shot to take us to break. Uh, when we come back, they're fighting on that balcony, the sort of eagle's nest sort of thing that they've had teams watch stuff from, Imperium, um, Carmelo Hayes, <clears throat> that sort of thing. Knight knocks him off, but we don't see uh, Grayson Waller crash onto whatever he does. And then suddenly out comes, who is conspicuous by his absence, Sanger carrying the body of Grayson Waller round to ringside. LA Knight has had enough of this, so he takes a chair to Sanger's back. That does nothing. Sanger chokeslams Knight onto the apron. Uh, there's a spot with some handcuffs, and it ends up with LA Knight handcuffing Sanger around the post so he can't get involved anymore. Uh, Waller goes and uh, goes for the eyes of LA Knight, tries another rolling stunner, but uh, LA Knight catches him and chucks him over the top rope through a table that's been set up at ringside. Uh, but Waller just manages to beat the count. Knight grabs a chair, uh, kicks Waller in the chest instead of using it. Then he gets a trash can, puts it over him, and just starts beating the uh, trash can with a chair and a few shots for Sanger as well. Um, Waller, though, suddenly fights back and grabs a, I've seen this described online as a slapjack, 
to twat LA Knight with, uh, and that allows him to to lay him out on the uh, on the announce table that LA Knight had previously cleared. And then uh, he comes off with a top rope elbow from the rope to the outside. Grayson Waller, both men look like they are out of it for the 10 count, but Sanger uh, pulls Waller up on his back, basically. So he just beats the 10 count. Grayson Waller is the last man standing, Sige. <sighs> Why? I think LA Knight's getting called up. It's the only way he can rationalize yeah. It's the only way he can rationalize this. Unless that person's getting... Isn't the- he on the KO show? No, sorry. <laughs> Unless that person is getting the rocket strapped to him... <clears throat> Or unless the feud is quite short, like, unless they get absolutely just unfairly beaten. Why do a program this long if the heel's going to win in the end? You might do a cage match at standing. Oh, God. I'm I'm not not suggesting that they should. I'm just thinking where they could go from here to just be like, please come and watch this show at 11 a.m. on the, what is it, Saturday of WrestleMania. probably going to do that. I think I had more fun than this than I anticipated, even though I hate this yeah, I had a good time. Mm. Yeah. There's some decent set pieces. Um, like, really quite committed. Like, fair play, they work their asses off. Just heels being incredibly smart. Like, he didn't just cheat at an opportune time. He, like, really thought about something. He's cleverer than the baby face. But I'll tell you what, it was fun. Set pieces, again, were fun. And it was helped enormously by the hundreds... And hundreds <laughs> of people in the NXT 2.0 dome who genuinely were bang up for this because, like a lot of people, or a few people, they've really connected with this LA Knight character. Yeah, that shot where they're fighting on the, the platform and they panned the audience. I was like, yeah. They were bang up for this. I don't need yes kicks because I've got yeah kicks instead. <laughs> they're, they're great. Um, this match very literally had its moments. It was fairly charmless, but... Yeah, the uh, the odd set pieces were like wildly entertaining. The one I mentioned to you guys in the office where he kind of like launched him out over the top rope through the ring through the table, like when you would eliminate somebody from a Royal Rumble on the early PlayStation 1 games. <laughs> there was something so mechanical about it, but when he lands explosively through a table, it's like, whoa, you get this like nice surprise. Um, it, that was what it was. I, I, did, I don't care about this feud. I don't care about the stuff that you're supposed to care about. I don't. So like... When I'm whinging a little bit about plunder brawls in AEW, or the abundance of plunder brawls in AEW, the problem is is that more often than not, I'm quite engaged in the characters themselves, and the plunder can sometimes take me out of it. I feel like, oh, am I really that arsed about what Orange Cassidy is trying to do to Adam Cole, or even to an extent what Lance Archer is doing to Hangman Page? But the matches are better. The stories are like actually told to lead up to that point, and you know, in this case, there's none of that. This match wasn't any good but just some of the violent spots were quite fun. And you kind of have to praise the wrestlers for that because yeah. it's, it's them going out there and doing the physical heavy lifting. I do not want another match. NXT, and I'll give them give this brand credit, is doing this quite regularly now. It's over-delivering on these plunder battles when you kind of you can't be arsed with the feud to carry on. And then the wrestlers themselves pull something out of the bag when you least expect it. It happened a little bit with Dunn. I wasn't as high on it as you guys, but with Dunn and Tony D'Angelo, like they... Gave you more than you would have expected from them too. So they, there's something to that, I think, on this show. Uh, we got a promo from Bron Breaker. Very intense again. Uh, he's walking into this championship match as champion, but he's also the underdog. Look, Dolphin Champa, he says, I've got the experience, but he always puts the work in. References the legacy of this title, how it drives him to, to keep it. And he's going to run right through Roadblock on his way to stand and deliver. Bron Breaker's great, isn't he? Yeah, really great. I, like, obviously, we're going to talk about it later on. <coughs> I didn't expect to feel a little bit gutted for him, like gutted for the character that of what happened to him. His shock face, we'll talk about it at the end, but his shock face, yeah, did... I care a bit about Bron Breaker. Yeah. I, I do. I just earnestly care about this character more than thinking about the rest of the nonsense that we have to talk about wrapped around so many of these matches. Boilerplate dreamer content. I think Bron Breaker's unfuckable. At yeah. this point, he emerged from a smile out there, pal. Don't do your spear because we're not really interested in getting you over, which is bizarre. <laughs> he emerged from that relatively unscathed. He cut a impassioned promo, which in NXT just makes my arse itch. Ah, passionate, that's place. Out of history. Old man Champ has been talking to me about his belt. <laughs> Apparently, he used to mean something around here. <laughs> And yet, I don't hate In fact, NXT did a very good job of humanizing Bron Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> if you actually say this yeah. without being an inveterate, boot-licking <laughs> c- <laughs> 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 
thought we'd follow that uh, with a trip to uh, to Mikey's restaurant. Yeah? Uh, and Tony's there. He's getting uh, a little bit. I think he was getting some ziti. Gabagoo. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, hey. Sausage and pep. <laughs> he says, uh, can I get a sausage or mushroom pizza? No, he says. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, hey, I, uh, I'm at my cousin Mikey's restaurant. Give him my usual. Uh, he says, Mikey, he used to be a silent partner. But then the craziest thing happened. <laughs> Once the police started making what some craziest you know, thing happened. That's what I'm starting saying. Hey, at the Dakota Kai, she's crazy. <laughs> crazy <laughs> off a fucking rocker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. Um, well, the craziest thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that was fine. Yeah. Once this place started making some real moolah money, like you say, uh, the owner decided to get out of the biz. No, they don't happen around here, huh? Uh, he says, <sighs> when I went to go talk to the guy, <laughs> let's just say he had a change of heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now Mikey's going places. Hey, just like me. I think it's about time that uh, NXT runs on my watch. It's stand and deliver. My career reaches the top. Maybe even the tippy top. <laughs> WrestleMania weekend's huge. Uh, people come from all 50 states, over 60 countries, and they're all going to witness Tony D. The new Don of NXT. No clues as to who he's facing yet. Which means we get to play the game again next week. Play the goddamn game. Uh, it's he's going to get his ass kicked in like two minutes by a name. Just feel that happening. Yeah, Goldberg. <laughs> Seth Rollins. If they can't sort out that deal for Cody in about how many days left? Oh God, God. Santino Morella. <laughs> Do not let Will Bond loose on this. Oh my God. That's not the stupidest idea. I mean, it is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Cobra. It's not the stupidest prediction of the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Oh, I'm excited. What would that sound like, (laughs) Will Vaughan? Find out next week on the preview for 15 (laughs) minutes. Uh, Right, so next up we had the other um, Dusty Cup semi-final. It was uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Just, I don't think I've stressed this enough. They love to party, these two. (laughs) Um, And they're up against Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Uh, But beforehand... Put a big smile on my face. We go up to the Toxic Attraction Lounge. Suddenly, wait a second. Who's that in the background? One with his shirt off, <laughs> one smartly dressed, carrying a tray of drinks, and I think grapes, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Yes, the uh, the gentlemen who were up there before had been laid out because our boys, Malik Blade and Idris Anova, had taken their spots, and uh, they couldn't look happier. I think this was the point where... Uh, Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett talked about masturbating as well. Oh, that was really ruined it. Ruined the vibe. Something about bait, and you're the masturbator. Uh, talking about jacking it. Talking about jacking the goddamn cack. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out right back and choke my chicken if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I do because you said jacking it first. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's what they do. They hammer it home. Talking about. Choking his clock until he ejaculates. <laughs> I'm going to go and uh, beat my meat. <laughs> it's a strange life. It's a strange space that Anofi and Blade lead, isn't it? The, uh, the fun side of the fact that everybody in the show wanks over toxic attraction. <laughs> That's what their job is now. My favorite like bit as well. Hu- humanizing that. Humanizing mutual masturbation in the NXT locker room because toxic attraction just walks through. The bit where, A, how happy they were. To be like, I don't have noticed that we've snuck in here. <laughs> I'm just serving drinks to Mandy Rose and getting close to her, right? And then the bit where Cora Jade attacks at the end of this, and they sort of pull him apart, but they've got the biggest smiles on their faces. <laughs> bit weird. Bit weird, but... Maybe we should set up a goddamn webcam. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the other Dusty Cup semi-final. It's not, it's not too many degrees removed from that. No, it's like it two American pie. <laughs> yeah, it's not too many degrees from that. Maybe, maybe get a touch of their... Diddies, if we, uh, <laughs> if we separate them, huh? Why are you going to ask, ask Gigi Donnelly if she uh, needs a hand, if you know what I'm talking about? Two girls, tag team champions in the Toxic Lounge. I'm just watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back and forth stuff early on. Catanzaro um, and Carter uh, get a bit of a decent offense in on, on Kaylee Rainey. Oh, uh, let's be honest. We all remember one thing from this match. Um... You know, Katanzaro, Carter hits the running shot to Shirai in the corner. Katanzaro comes back in, face plant, Shirai drop kick. But there's a bit where they're going for a Tower of Doom spot, and I sort of rolled my eyes at this. I was like, you literally just did this on Monday Night Raw. And I'm thinking, right, so you've got, I can't remember who it was, 
but someone's at the top. I think it was maybe Catanzaro because she had to eventually come off. I'm mm. not 100% certain. Someone's at the top, and then the other two are on the middle rope, and you go, okay, and you come in, and whoa, everyone goes down. Except what happens is Catanzaro uh, has... Well, Kaylee Ray is on the shoulders of Caden Carter, and Catanzaro hits a sort of doomsday poison rana on a Kaylee Ray. It's just a jaw-dropping stuff. Terrifying, but jaw-dropping stuff. Um... Shirai has to jump in and to break up the pinfall after that because Kaylee Ray basically landed on her bloody head, it looked like. Um, Kaylee Ray did get a gory bomb on Katanzaro to, to, to turn the tide, though, and uh, Shirai hits that moonsault of hers to cover Katanzaro. One, two, three. And as I mentioned, post-match, Mandy Rose gets jumped by Cora Jade and they have a, a pull apart. But that spot, Hamlet. Yeah, um, good match. Like a hot match, at very least. The best of probably what this tournament can offer. Unsurprisingly so, I suppose, from Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. I'd like not to criticise Casey Catanzaro and no. you know, Caden Carter, but I, I I thought this was genuinely heated in the w- in the ways that the first Dusty Cup match on this show weren't. This was the wrestlers actually, it was way, way, way more about the action than about the bits and about the spots and about the daft characters and all that sort of stuff. We know that Shirai and Kaylee Ray's Bond is growing tighter, and Shirai respects her in a way she never did Zoe Starks. That might one day matter, and that's all right, you know, but it was fundamentally about who were the better wrestlers, and didn't the match feel more important and more vital as a result? The spot was, like, quite frightening, but it, like, it was, I think it was earned. Like, the match was going in a certain direction that it wasn't, they weren't just centering all of this around this one spectacular spot they knew they could do. It did just about, again, I don't know if, like, Cedric's going to, like, attack me for being too generous. It felt like it was at the right point of the where the match was in terms of how it had escalated. They were going for it all because it actually made the stakes feel big. And I didn't even mind, compared to the first match in the Cup, I didn't mind the interaction with the Toxic Lounge. It, again, it just felt heated. Like, it felt like, I wish it wasn't all so sex-obsessed. And to, like, yes. It's all fundamentally to do with cacks. But, like, there are... Yeah, pussy and cum. But pussy and cum. <laughs> Cacks, pussy, and spunk. But, like, all the stuff was heated. Like, the rivalries are quite nicely coming together, and the Dusty Cup felt still felt important. It didn't feel neglected as a result. I, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah. I can't disagree with any of that. Um, I don't usually like the Catanzaro and Carter match. It's going to sound harsh. I'm going to say something nice after it. Remember uh, when you were a youngster, young fella, and he's got the leisure center because the stars of the WWF are here. The stars of American wrestling are here. It's like, that's, uh, even when you're like eight, you're like, oh, shit. It's <laughs> just some fat, tall lad in yeah. the pub and an undertaker gloves. Go, oh, UT. Oh, that's, that's Legend of Doom. Cool. Catanzaro <laughs> and Carter's uh, matches are that version of super indie stuff to me. I <laughs> 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 like, you know enough to structure a match but it's like it's just not the same it's not never heated it's never crisp. should I get a cartwheel yeah, <laughs> it's like never as crisp or as cool or as action packed or as twisting or as exhilarating it's just like they took one look at it and thought alright we can do some of that because we're athletic enough let's go party this wasn't that this had a little bit of fire and gung ho bloody let's have a match about it yeah great didn't stuff hit, didn't hate it one bit um, we go backstage, uh, Indy bloody hot wheels there, watching the the end of their uh, Dusty Cup match the previous week. Uh, and uh, in comes Persia, and uh, she's been off with Duke Bloody Hudson. And Indy says, where have you been? She's up in playing hide the strudel all weekend. Uh, they'd had a romantic weekend away. <laughs> um, and Indy says, oh, see, so he's bloody up to his old tricks again. Uh, and Persia tells us she needs to get over it. Uh, does he, Persia Perot, even care that they lost? She says, yeah, I do care, but Duke tack my mind off it. And uh, she says, well, bloody creep, because obviously she's got history with him there. Uh, and she says, look. Do old tricks? Wreck off. Persia said, look, I've, don't be like that. I've supported your relationship the entire time with, with, with Dexter. I carried this team. And Indy Hart was like, what did you say? So you carried this team, and they, they an argument breaks out, basically, as to who the best person is. And Indy says, well, I, I won the tag titles. And Burgess said, well, if, if I was here, then I'd have been a multiple-time tag champion. Basically, they need to decide who the better woman is, uh, and uh, they're going to settle it in the ring next week. And Indy leaves, and Persia necks on with Duke Blanny Hudson. The kissing is uh, a bit much, isn't it? Put her down. 
it's like they're just gonna they're just gonna stick a cock in right there, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> as it's tradition. As yeah, it's they tradition. stay lucky. That's the tradition. They are committed to their roles, I'll say that much. Yeah. I don't really want to watch it. I, t- I mean, you're getting this singles match, you know, like this team have been together, it's it's not exactly the mega powers explodes, is it? Like you would not watch seeing this it's match. Exploding and it's not the mega powers. It's you guys. Someone's Randy, but it's not savage. <laughs> Um, guess we got interviewed backstage then. Tiffany Strah. Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell's chatting to her about what happened, and she says, Oh, can you play? It's <laughs> 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 not like Duke Hudson. Can you play? I have to get noshed off. Can you play? Oh, can you play? Stop talking. Last week, I tried to do her a favor by helping her with her wardrobe. I mean, you saw that tacky necklace, right? She said no to me, and nobody says no to me. Next week, I'm going to do more than break her necklace. I'm going to break her face. Frivolous women. No notes. I hate this. <laughs> then we got the tag team title match, MSK versus Imperium. Some good fun stuff here, but it's all bloody pointless because <laughs> it went to a DQ because yeah. the Creed brothers got involved and then suplexed everyone on their heads, and it was great. <laughs> That was pretty great, actually. Um, yeah, never. We talked about this bit on the preview yesterday. This never felt like it was getting a finish, even if it had gone ahead without a car park attack. It just didn't feel the time for any of this, did it? They're just f- filling TV commitments, producing content before they get to their their takeover show. Their three way, am I? Yeah, that triple triple tread. Like some ladders in there or something. They probably had now. Probably, yeah. Two on the sh- two ladder matches on the show, cage match. Never stopped them before. Some some daft gimmick, aye. Uh, Draco Anthony's working out and Horrorland is just watching him and there's a moment where Draco's gonna gonna go up and chin him or something for what happened previously but Joe Gacy the creepy bastard's there uh, <laughs> and he says hey I just want to see creepy if you little bastard <laughs> I want to see if you've considered joining us and what have you but thankfully you know Draco Anthony's best I don't want to join the work social media mob <laughs> 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 Draco Anthony, uh, his best mate is Ion Gwynn, you know, which we've seen them hanging out. Uh, he steps <laughs> in uh, to tell Gacy. Hey, sorry, if you haven't done your uh, homework on the history, that's up to you. Yeah, they can't just pander to the casual fans. <laughs> God. Uh, Draco thanks Quinn and Gacy and Horland go off somewhere. So. <laughs> that's that. Anything? Yeah. No. I'm, I'm, go off somewhere. I'm rapidly losing everything. Yeah. Dolph cut a promo. He's going to screw up WrestleMania weekend. Uh, and then we get a promo. Very excited, actually, for this. Uh, on A-Kid, who I haven't seen a lot of, but I've heard a lot of buzz around. I mean, a lot of buzz. For, a buzz for NXT UK uh, regarding him. He's won the Heritage Cup over there. He's coming to NXT 2.0. Uh, and then we cut to Ikaminjiro and Kushida. Who, uh, well, Ikaminjiro is very giddy about A-Kid arriving. Kushida... Uh, less so, and then it's gonna it's gonna be A Kid versus Kushida, which on paper said should be a banger. A Kid was absolutely incredible in 2018, and then uh, subsequently signed to NXT UK. And I saw none of his matches because why would I ever watch a shoe, Paul? Why would I watch a shoe? A Kid genuinely is a fantastic professional wrestler. The extent to which he's allowed to be fantastic in NXT. Mm-hmm. Look at look, I know they did Dragonov Volta almost like they did it in Germany, but look at Kushida. Look at um, who else from? Look at Gunter, for God's sake. Yes. So you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, but now, A-Kid's great talent. He's not going to be anywhere near as Look good as he was. Chris of Young Veterans, what they've done with them. Yeah. yeah. He's never going to be anywhere near as, as he was on the Indies. But even an emulation of what he was, like a dilution, will still be like class. Like the famous match that A-Kid had, with which he shot the prominence, was against Zack Sabre Jr. for White Wolf Wrestling. 2018, I believe it was. The facial expressions A-Kid has right, are incredible. Glaring at Zack Sabre Jr., daring to try and outmaster him on the mat in his sort of domain. What an incredible fight that is. Go and watch it, but don't, because it'll give you a false impression of what he's inevitably going to be like on NXT 2.0. I'm worried they're going to give Tiffany Stratton and Saray more time than these two. It's strange, isn't it? I was thinking, it's, is it recommended homework or not? Because it's maybe raising your expectations too high. 2018 was a rich year for Match of the Year contenders, and that was way up there. Yeah. Like the Match of the Year of Zack Sabre Jr. It was one of the best. Um, like it was Everything was going to be number two because Omega Ricarda before yeah. happened. But the, the race for two was absolutely white hot. It, it was great, like... A kid escapes NXT UK, always a good thing. 
But ultimately, if you're going to have this brand, this NXT UK brand, now be a feeder for NXT 2.0, then eventually it can not exist at all. <laughs> and that might be good for other people. I just want the, the thing that's coming after that trucker on NXT UK to come to the 2.0 place. <laughs> Fascinating. I've seen this. I think I saw the I saw the conversation about it rather than actually seeing the thing itself. NXT UK is getting desperate and it's hilarious. Like they've got who's that? Who's oh the yeah, woman? the woman who's the like, number one contender has done some flower thing, hasn't she? She's doing some like eerie, sort of gothic fairy tale. Make up, make still the woman's champion on that show. Yes. Oh man, for long. What's uh, the what's the truck stuff? Uh, some guy. It's a. Uh, I think it's what's it called? Wild boar. Wild boar. Okay. He was like he's been let, he's been abandoned in the wilderness, but in the wilderness he feeds. His <laughs> <laughs> yeah. truck has just found like some animal bones or something, hasn't he? Like yeah. some fluff from a hide, mm. an animal. <laughs> and wild boars like in the woods, because this guy's stupid enough to go investigate. Yeah, and like you just see the last shot, it's like there. <laughs> you just see like <laughs> you can see like a wild boar mask, <laughs> which is all leading to uh, wild boar in a boar mask. Well, is boar. he still there? Was he? Wild Boar's wearing, like, a coat made of the animal skin, and then there's the trucker tries to kill him. He's like, nice try, big man, but I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. Hey, big man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's got it. I don't sleep. Ah, kid. <laughs> Gallus boys don't sleep. <laughs> they got one eye open. Uh, right, main event time. It was the triple threat for the NXT Championship. Ron Breaker uh, versus Tommaso Ciampa <laughs> versus Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler, wily veteran that he is, gets they're all in the ring to start, and he just rolls out, says, you two fight out amongst yourselves. And Braun Breaker, idiot that he is, goes, we wouldn't do that. We're pals. And Tommaso Ciampa just punches him in the head. Um, there was a bit with Breaker suplexing both men and taking them both down. Different intervals, but it happened. Um, and uh, Breaker gets up, Champa clones like clotheslines both of them over, uh, and Ziggler super kicks Champa as he's going for the flying, well, nothing, usual sort of gimmick here. Uh, when we go to the break and then come back, uh, Breaker's getting the recliner on it. He's a Steiner, but we can't say that. <laughs> uh, he's got the Steiner recliner on Champa. Uh, Ziggler comes in, puts Breaker in a sleeper, and there's a spot, spot that it just. You know, some spot, I mean, it all must suck being a wrestler. I'd never be able to do it physically. But the bit was, Ziggler's on Breaker's back. He's got him in a sleeper, and uh, Champions are sort of laying out, recovering from the Steiner recliner. And Breaker, to, to get out of the sleeper, just jumps backwards with Ziggler on his back. And I was like, that must suck for everyone, basically. Um, anyway... Um, Ziggler hits the Famouser and a zigzag on Champa. Everyone's down. Uh, Champa goes for Project Champa on Ziggler. Breaker sort of goes for the spear, but Champa gets out of the way. Uh, and Champa gets a two count on Dolph Ziggler. Champa goes for the fairy tale ending on Ziggler. Breaker stops it by hitting him with a spear. Breaker blocks an attempted zigzag. Nails Ziggler with a spear. Gets him up that gorilla press into a slam thing of his and you think okay there you go he's quite close to the ropes maybe his foot's going to be under the ropes and there's because he was sort of quite close there and i'm thinking oh they're going to do the gimmick of like oh he beat me but his foot was but no robert rude runs down pulls the referee out of the ring breaks the count it's a triple threat usual sort of gimmick here um that allows Champer to hit Breaker with the Willow's Bell. Uh, fairy tale ending. It goes to recover, but Ziggler shoves Champer outside and tries to steal it. This was the moment I thought, oh my God, Dolph Ziggler's going to steal the title. Breaker, though, kicks out. Brilliant near fall, I thought. Um, Champer throws Ziggler out of the ring, pulls down his knee pad, uh, goes for the running knee on the champ. Um, but Rude pulls Breaker out of the ring and sort of chucks him a little bit into the barricade. I'm not sure if that was meant to be happening or not, but they were obviously very close. Uh, and Champa turns round, super kick from Dolph Ziggler. One, two, three. Dolph Ziggler, Michael Sidgwick, is your new NXT champion. There are good shocks and bad shocks. This is a bad shock. <laughs> Terrible shock. Absolutely rubbish. Incredibly rubbish shock. Match two halves. The first was... Yeah. Very familiar in like so many ways. We've seen tag singles variations of all of these three guys relentlessly across two shows for the last month. So I entered into it hardly in a rap state of anticipation of these two, these three men are finally going to confront one another. 
I was like, all right, okay, this again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And I've seen greatness very recently, which did not help either. And then it got pretty damn awesome by the last three to four minutes. Another good triple threat. Yeah, the worst of the bunch, but decent enough. Yeah, and it was such a credit to the um, action, the way it was arranged and the way it was executed, because I thought the unthinkable was going to happen at the exact same point you did. And I thought, well, oh my God, Dolph Ziggler's going to win this belt. And the reason that was unthinkable is because he's been booked like a total job guy, a prelim guy who's there to heat up Baker, uh, Breaker. Mm, in 99 matches, though, I've yeah. been counting. Yeah. I mean, that's LTST. And then the unthinkable happened. Very punk MJF, if you ask me. This, isn't it? <laughs> and the reason and why it was unthinkable is because you wouldn't be stupid enough to think it, were you not NXT or WWE. I, I get what they're doing. It's the ultimate shock because the loser wins. It's like, well, he's a loser. So he doesn't resonate as a champion. He damaged everyone involved. How are they going to sell out an arena with 2022 Dolph Ziggler in the main event? Like, he took the pins in the tag matches, or at least one of them. Mm. It's like, Rude's right there. He's, he's badly lacks credibility as a champion. He badly lacked credibility as a person who could do this role before he did it by virtue of losing 19 times out of 20 or 99 out of 100 whatever the verbiage was. Such a great last three minutes for all of the reasons that this was a stupid decision. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. Like, I, I don't really have much to add to that, really. I, I guess the thinking is Breaker regaining rather than retaining is something that stands to sell a few more tickets, stands to present a bit more of a exciting conclusion to the show itself rather than just getting them in the building and then be like, he's just going to retain his title in this wholly predictable match. We thought it might have been Dolph Ziggler gets, like, carted out of this tonight and then you get back to Breaker, uh, Champa 3. I think Dolph Ziggler defending the title against Bomb Breaker in a singles match is more interesting than Breaker, Champa 3. I agree. So, in that sense, maybe the result isn't completely unthinkable. But this idea that, like, Ziggler... Uh, leaves most of his matches, or leaves every tag on Raw, he leaves a match already in this feed, but he'll win the big one. That doesn't track, it doesn't scan, because he's won the big one all at once, and then he's lost the big one every other time over the last 10, 12 years, whatever it is, you know? So it's like, none of it really hangs together that much, other than if you get yourself in their head trying to make something slightly more interesting for the show that isn't going to sell very well, and that's not really how you're supposed to narratively engage with a match. I, I don't mind, like, they continue to keep me just about interested in Breaker and Old Man Champa, so there's a rubber match that needs to happen between the two. But Champa's just lost him his belt. Yeah. You know, like, that's... that's it's Bron Breaker's fault. He's an idiot because he accept, he made the triple threat, but still. It, but it's a detail to... It's a moron. Yeah, it's a detail <laughs> to pursue, isn't it? That, like, you know, this guy's... Like, Breaker, theoretically, could batter Champa over this and be like, look, you old fuck. Like, you just cost me my belt. Like, I thought we were mates, all this sort of thing. There's places to go with them, too. That is to kill Robert Roode as well. Yeah. <clears throat> like, the, it's it's not a terrible direction for Bron Breaker, this. Um, it just is a bit weird that he's already lost the title. This didn't piss me off as much as I thought it was going to. This is certainly not on the same level for me, anyway, as Jinder Mahal becoming WWE champion. I understand what you're saying, and I completely agree with what you're saying about a loser oh, becoming, you've gone to care about this. becoming NXT champion. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm not saying this is a good thing, but it is an in, interesting narrative development. And like you say, I think for Stand and Deliver, um, it's it's something that may, I don't think it's, like you say, it's going to sell anywhere near enough tickets for them. Um, but it, it may be the best way of selling an, a NXT championship match that concludes with Bron Breaker holding the title high. So mm. I'm kind of on board with it. And, uh, you know, he's a git and he's unbearable, and he's just your archetypal, you know, WWE heel for 15 years, whatever it is. But he is going to be quite good value, in my opinion, of, of coming out and being like, that's right, I'm your NXT champion. Mm. It's like you, I know it's not the NXT of old, but even now he does not represent what NXT is or is supposed to be. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to Bron Breaker running through Robert Roode hopefully um, maybe a bit of main roster stuff again for him because I feel like it's inevitable now that Vince has properly seen Bron Breaker that he's, he's not long for a 2 but oh. But, yeah, I, don't, I didn't mind this as much as I thought as I would, if that makes any sense. 
It's yeah, it's just a unique thing. I don't love it. I don't hate it, but it's a thing that's happened that I didn't think was going to happen. Exactly. So I guess I can stare at that for a couple of weeks. That's Russo stuff. Yeah. You look at his win loss record, and it's Russo. Mm-hmm. Triple H is probably devastated by it. So you know, Ziggler's got cloud. Ziggler's got in getting another 99 matches before. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Saturday. Uh, well, let us know your thoughts on uh, on the result on Dolph Ziggler's NXT champion and on this whole show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE and make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Got a mega podcast coming this afternoon looking ahead to all the four out from AEW Revolution 2022 ahead of AEW Dynamite tonight. But for now, this has been the NXT Dubai oh. review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.